Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Through the city, through the city, through the city. Girl, I really want to know, really want to know if you coming with me, coming with me, with, with me. It's a place I want to go, place I want to go. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back uh, For the last time <laughs> We are coming to you live For full service radio inside the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C. And if this is your first time here You are now listening to the All the Fly Kids show Where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser I'm your host, Geronimo Knows Urban culture, lifestyle enthusiast Reformed blogger turned full-time conversationalist and as always, I got my co-host, Shell B in the building. I am here and so are my knees. Yes, okay. ma'am. <laughs> are they feeling good today? They feel great Cheers today. Cheers to Megan. Hey. <laughs> Megan the Stallion. <laughs> now, my knees are not that sturdy, um, but I'd like to shout out, uh, can we say brand names on here? If you want to. Okay, okay. well, I'd like to shout out um, Tylenol Arthritis. Okay. <laughs> because with no meniscus and one that's about to tear, uh, my knees are doing well today so thank you mm-hmm. all right well i'm glad that you uh you're feeling good today i am i am how, how, how was your weekend My, okay i was say hold that thought do, do we need to save it for later no After the show? okay okay no <laughs> like i'm trying to remember my weekend was extremely busy okay um because sunday i literally went to church had a one o'clock meeting had a three o'clock meeting mm-hmm. uh left that meeting at five something ran up to bethesda blues and jazz um and went to a soulful Christmas celebration. Um, that was quite cute. Okay. It was all high cute. You know, it, it, it's a black stage play um, and turned into, you know, singing and dancing. And, it, you know, it was cute. It was cute for the holidays. Okay. Yeah. Not, not, it didn't turn into, you know, one of them, my mama ain't raising no fool situations, did it? No. Okay. It did not. <laughs> because you already know, Michelle Bush does not attend those types of events. Okay. <laughs> Well, as always, you can find us wherever podcasts are heard, and you can still rate, comment, and subscribe. Rate, comment, and subscribe. However, if you first time tuning in, this is the final episode, last one forever, ever of the All the Fly Kids show. Three years, one and done. A lot of changes, a lot of hosts, guests, a lot of locations, a lot of conversations, a lot of stuff. And, you know, a few people expressed that they're sad that the show is ending. But, you know, I, as I um, responded to someone earlier today, I said, you know, don't be sad that the show's over, but be happy that this this moment in podcast history existed. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Soka. Soka Horn on deck as always. Thanks, Alexia. Appreciate you. And um, so a lot of people have been asking, you know, what what's next for me and, and everything. And I, I like to say that, this is what I'm going to say. So, um, I like to be untethered, as some of you already know, as many of you may already know. So, I'm still going to keep conversations going. I am available. Geronimo knows is always available for, for bookings to come talk. You know, um, there is a price, and yeah. the price has gone up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the end of this year, I will most certainly um, be, on, um, be on deck for some things. Um, I'm also working with the organization called Visit Black History. So the, it's an Atlanta-based uh, company focused on 
encouraging travel and visits to um, black historic sites, cultural institutions, and cultural events, it's particularly for um, people under the age of 40, because, you know, younger people, we don't, we, we don't be really doing the history thing like we should. You know, we really need to know where we're coming from. And so Stay Tuned for what's coming with that platform. Um, they got me on there as creative director. Shout out to Sophia Nelson, originally of Waldorf, Maryland, but now in Atlanta, Georgia. But um, that's just a few of the things that, that, that I got coming that I'm working on. But in the meantime, because I don't want to waste too much time because there's a whole lot to get into today. Whole lot. Whole lot. And um, it's going to be a fun show. We got a lot of liquor in front of us. My God. <laughs> if you all could see and see, I, I'm, I'm part of the problem <laughs> because I walked in here with two bottles of wine. <clears throat> One of them has already been opened. Um, so there's only a sip left. It's wine o'clock. At two o'clock, and we got some more scotch up in here. Yes, God. So I'm I'm really excited about that. You know, I find myself getting more and more into drinking scotch. Now I just need a cigar. Oh, but, wait a minute. We, we can't smoke in here. Oh. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Saw me turn around, look. Okay. This my is bag. not a cigar bar, so we can't do that. <laughs> but um, so we just we, we're going to go right into the show and um, get this conversation going. So today's guest is owner of 1984V, a curated vintage collection that embodies the essence and style of decades once lived in synthesis with the existing era. Her career in fashion started with modeling, which is going to styling and retail management, and you work for notable companies such as Rugby, Ralph Lauren, Uniqlo, St. Laurent, Trunk Club, and now you're at John Varvatos. Um, you've been at Milan Fashion Week. You've done a lot of things. And you also hold a bachelor's in fashion marketing from the Illinois Institute of Art Chicago. So some may say she's done a lot, but I'm sure she would say that she's only scratched the surface. So family, please welcome Tierra Chameleon. This is her real name, no gimmick, to the All the Fly Kids show. Ooh, hello, hello, hello. I was, I was so excited for this one. <laughs> And we also, we also got a returning guest on the show, front of the show, Lana Sarita of Saltaray Wax, hey, hey, hey. who I found out via social media that these two women have known each other since adolescence, since their days back in Cleveland. 14 yeah. years old. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This, this, I like to see when people have been friends that long and they mm-hmm. still friends, you know, mm-hmm. and they, you know years later, because it's hard keeping them sandbox friends. It's, it's, it's hard. especially. Yes, yes, it is. And both of y'all have done a lot of moving around, different cities and all of that, you know, and y'all have landed, both have landed in D.C. Mm-hmm. And how, how, how incredibly divine is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Incredible. <laughs> so, you know, I'm excited. So we're going to jump right into it. So one thing I wanted to know was from you, Tierra, which came first, school or modeling? Uh, actually, modeling. Modeling came yeah, first? Yeah, I was 13. I got discovered in the mall with my sister with a basketball in my hand. Okay. And total tomboy, uh-huh. full-on unibrow, literally just in the mall shopping with my sister. This lady was scouting models for um, a modeling competition that I knew nothing about. And she basically introduced me and my sister to it and was like, yeah, I think you should look into this. It was, it was the modeling competition that took place in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Literally, I'm 13, soon to be 14. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not interested. I'm a total tomboy. Lana, like back in this day, I was like in a whole different world. Okay. Um, my sister runs home, tells my mother all these details. Yeah. I'm still kind of like flattered by it because I'm like, what, me modeling? Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. But okay. My sister was like, yo, she has to do this. Mom, <laughs> she just got scouted in the mall, blah, blah, blah. So my sister was like my manager from Jump. And, um, yeah, pretty much told my mom. It then kind of started to spark some interest, but I still didn't know if that was something I could do or if I'd be good at it. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Lo and behold, I did it, rocked it, 
crushed it, ended up landing an opportunity at 14 to shoot with the, um, an agency up in New York in Harlem. Okay. Um, yeah, one of my favorite photos is my face first, my third, my first photo I ever took at 14. And people always say it looks like Rihanna and they can't believe I'm 14 years old. And I'm like, yep, that was the first time I ever modeled. And okay. so, uh, yeah, it started from modeling from there. It started to show me and educate me and, and expose me to, oh, I actually do like fashion. Okay. So that's how it kind of started. So how long did you model? From 14 and was chasing a career to about 23 strong. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's the, what's the average, I guess, bowing out age for a model, a fashion model? You know what? That's hard to answer today. Times have changed. Okay. You know, back when I was coming on, you couldn't have tattoos. You needed to be a certain age. You had There were so many rules to modeling. Okay. Now it's like you can be 45 with gray hair, tatted. And they love you. Like, okay. So it's it's different now. For me, I felt like I was running up against a clock. So okay. I did feel like there was this sense of urgency that I have to make it now. You know, once I hit 20 and I'm like, oh, I'm still still trying to get to that, you know, that moment, this big America's Next Top Model moment. And it wasn't happening. It was um, it was starting to create anxiety for me because I felt like I was chasing something that wasn't happening. It was happening, but not at the level which I thought I could do it. OK. What, um, what was your ideal? Like, what did you see, where did you see yourself as a model? I saw myself traveling the world, period. Okay. Like, okay. on runways. I love runway. That's like, that was kind of where I discovered myself was on the runway, a talent I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. Photos were, for, were a little challenging for me. Okay. I could pose, but I didn't have expression, okay. which a lot of girls don't understand. You can be, you know, attractive. You can be beautiful and still have no expression. Okay. And that's the art of modeling when you're taking photos. Me on a runway, it was like, watch out, Naomi. I got this. So, like, <laughs> that was, like, solid. So I wanted to just hit runways around okay. the world. Um, and then when I studied abroad in Milan, that was where it was solidified at 19. Uh, they, they were all trying. I, got, I was about to get signed, and my mom was like, you better come home and finish college. You're not staying wow. in Milan. And I was like, but, Mom, they, they want to sign me. This is my moment. Yeah. And uh, it just... I had, there were other plans for me, so I came okay. back, didn't get to really fulfill it, tried to do it in New York, but it just didn't take off the way in which I saw it for myself. So, so what, was the, what was the one thing, one moment where you were like, okay, it's time for me to pivot. It's time for me to do something else. When I used to help girls backstage with their posing, their modeling, and like we'd be at different go-sees auditioning for roles, and then they would get picked and I wouldn't. Mm. So that started to really just settle in like, hmm. Wow. I'm helping these girls get on and they didn't even know what to do and she got picked. Like I started to see the politics of it. Yeah. I started to see a lot of things that just didn't sit well with my soul. Like I love doing this, but I'm not like them. So I was like, yeah, hmm, not really fulfilling for me. And then, as you know, Geronimo, you saw my fashion film. Yeah. For me, I used to get, be the model that's supposed to be mute and just be a mannequin. Um, it was very unfulfilling for me to just be silent to be dressed and clothed by a man uh, by a designer um when i was when i would sit there and be like i could i could change this mm -hmm. i can elevate this look i could switch this up and so it um in the midst of all that was going on i started to develop my purpose which was i belong behind the scenes not mm. necessarily in front of it okay and so that's where what's kind of driven me to where i am today okay um styling behind the scenes creating the imagery and now dressing models, which is so much more fulfilling for me. Okay, okay. Now, did you ever venture into actual design at all or strictly styling 
Strictly styling. Okay. Um, I did originally my first semester in school. I went to school for fashion design, but I can still design. Mm -hmm. I actually can draw and sketch. But for me, it was always I need to be able to market my product. So mm -hmm. I, I switched to marketing, um, which has led me to styling, which is what I love. But one day I will have a, a clothing line. Definitely, I want to get my designs out there. But for me, it's the styling and the 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 love of sustainable fashion, which is why I love vintage, yeah. has really just taken me to a whole new level okay. in what I do. So I'm gonna ask you this question twice. Okay. For now, when you first expressed, like, finally showed, okay, I really want to have a career in fashion at any point in the game, were your family and friends supportive? Uh, great question. Because <laughs> I, I ask that question to a lot of uh, black creatives because I know our parents <laughs> tend to not be supportive a lot of times mm -hmm. so and our friends sometimes well, oh well that's cool but you really think you know so i that's why i wanted to know like does it pay every two weeks yes right right <laughs> i mean where's the paycheck right yeah to be honest um i come from a very strict wholesome family back in cleveland christian family and a lot of my family members are doctors and architects. You know, they do different things like that, or teachers or lawyers. All of these things that I'm not, mm -hmm. and I'm one of the only creatives. And I remember telling my family I wanted to go to school for fashion, and they all looked at me like, "Hold on, wait, what? What is? What does that even mean?" <laughs> like literally, like I had to sit down and give a whole report to my grandfather about going to the art institute. He was like, "What?" Like, what do you, I don't get it. So even to this day, I mean, I'm kind of seasoned a couple years into the game, and they still are like, what is she doing? It's so great, but we don't know. Right. Yay. You they, know? they just know you're not calling home asking for money. That, and then they just know <laughs> that I'm, like, good at whatever I do, but they don't get it because I'm, I'm kind of walking in the lane and in a world of my own. Mm -hmm. um, they've, always been, they've always been supportive of whatever I want to do, but it's very foreign to them. Right. It's even like my mom. It's like her support means the world to me, but it's like I can't ask my mom for advice because she's never been where I'm going. Right. So right. it's truly is me and God, honestly, just guiding my career because it's um, a road less traveled and in my family, completely unknown. And they're just watching, but they don't truly get it. And so I'm just waiting on God to really show up and show out in 2020 and beyond. And we're just going to put the stamp on this is exactly what we're here to do. May I interject okay. in just a moment Absolutely. of affirmation for you? <laughs> okay. Um, you said my mother knows I'm doing well. But she, I can't go to her because she doesn't know. She's never been where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And you haven't either. That's But. Because <laughs> somebody passed the collection plate. Okay. Donations. Taking donations. But my God. Because I'm over here. My God, <sighs> if it isn't a testament to what we learn when we are walking in our purpose that yeah. this is somewhere you've never been either. Right. And so if that is anything like this. You don't have to worry. That's right. And they'll get it, even if they can't articulate it. Right. Um, that kind of faith and drive and passion and knowledge and wisdom is a feeling. It's not anything anyone will be able to articulate. Exactly. Because it's a feeling they get. They just know. And that's a knowing that... Yeah. That is in your spirit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just wanted to stop there because that touched me it's, when you said real. she's never been where I've gone. And it's like, man, oh, man, how many of them have? Right. Lana in here dropping gems per <laughs> usual. This, this is us <laughs> per every day. Usual. It's a com regular yeah. conversation right, mm -hmm. with this one. But. And, 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 and I, got, and got I, Michelle's tear ducts going. I'm over here listen. about in tears because she doesn't know my story. Ooh. Listen. All right. Yeah. Well, we got time and what? drinks. Yeah. So... I was accepted to FIT. I was too. Get out of here. My father would not let me go. Okay, hmm. same. Father would not let me go. What's the reason? 
He just was not going to have me in New York City because he couldn't keep his eye on me. Mm. I lost my mother when I was 16 years old. And it was my mother was the reason why I was going into fashion. Um, Like you, my mother was a doctor. Father is an executive engineer. I was raised in Neiman Marcus. Mm. Everybody knows my story. If you've gone back to listen to old podcasts that, that we've done, I, and, it's, and it's not a bougie moment to, to be, oh, yes, Neiman Marcus. No, right. I was raised in Neiman's, um, right there at Friendship Heights. And I internship uh, with Neiman's, Louis Vuitton. Uh, I left Louis Vuitton in 2016, and these were just part-time jobs. And everything. And so it's just listening to that, listening to what you just said. And I, I'm over here emotional, y'all. <laughs> well, I got I got an FIT, which people from Cleveland don't get into FIT. Just putting that out people there. from D.C. Off don't get into schedule. FIT. And guess what? September 11th happened. Oh my God. So my mom and my counselor double teamed me and were like, oh you're not going to FIT. After I got accepted. So you got accepted. Yes. And- And they were for the same reason, like, you're not going. Put a whole halt in the situation. Mm -hmm. And it was literally fit them in California or Chicago. And I had to go to the Illinois Institute of Art in Chicago because I didn't want to go to California. Here's what's so crazy is that I have friends and family in New York City. And so (laughs) it just didn't make sense. And so you're talking about 96. Right. And, you know, from there, I then would have gone to FAMU, which is my family legacy of HBCU mm. and it's it's so crazy I end up at Bennett trying to do business fashion marketing wow. complete failure wow. complete failure but it's crazy because within all of that it still kind of gets you to where you are today it's like even yeah. when it's off we don't understand yeah it's still on with the purpose and the mission of your life but that's crazy I, I, that I, we I thought this was gonna be a good show because <laughs> that was a whole tier I literally resented college for all four years I hated Chicago I hated college I was like this is second best to New York and then shortly after I made my way to New York yeah because I was like you're not not gonna let me go to New York well, the, I'm gonna get there. the first part was like native Washingtonian who has been you name it the fashion shows right. Ebony Fashion Fair Neiman Marcus Saks Fifth Avenue um, who used to do the Howard alum um, Sunday brunch uh, after homecoming, you know, front table, watching all of this. Oh, and modeling? Mm-hmm. I magnum. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I was a little skinnier back back, <laughs> back, in, the, back in the first grade. Uh, so this was just what I loved. I loved trunk shows. Mm. I loved to watch how all of these components came together. Yep. Modeling was just, okay, I knew I wasn't going to be anybody's model. But how did all of this come together to where somebody is saying, I want that piece, I want that piece, and I want that piece. Mm -hmm. And the fact that my mother was plus size. Come on. When there was no plus size section or anything. And we were in couture. I love it. And even Marcus. Mm. There was no plus size. That's a word. I have a chill down my back. (laughs) Right? Because I just told told Tierra, and we talked about it. I'm an observer of fashion. I'm just now understanding the depth and breadth breadth of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so t- when I see people, and Geronimo too, you know, there are certain conversations, I just be sitting back like, wow. Like, I went to Barbizon. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I went to Barbizon. I was like, okay, whatever. And then I tried out for America's Next Top Model as a, ch- as a joke. Yeah. But like, when people, <laughs> when I hear people have done these things and have the experiences that mm-hmm. you have, I'm just fascinated because like, wow. Like, that is, I don't even know I can't. I'm sorry. I just wanted to say, damn. <laughs> well, well, like you know. 
Well, to your point, and as I, and when we talked about this the other day, you know, I was talking about how you know people get caught up in fashion, but less in in the style portion. Yeah. yeah. You know, and fashion just provides the components to help you amplify and express your style. You know, what I mean, fashion is the business, it's the industry, it's the end product. Yeah. You know, but you take those pieces because you could wear all the uh, I don't know all thrift or all fast fashion um, by choice and decide oh or you might not even be into to, to, to high end at all but there might be one random high end piece that you like and you like I gotta have that piece just because you like the, the design you don't even give a shit about the name the, 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 the house none of that and I think that's really important for people to understand when it comes to, to style because you know there's some Bama ass people out here Ooh, it's all high end Ooh, and I'm, I'm like I'll tell you my thoughts on that after these <laughs> cameras start rolling or whatever we're doing I, I, and I, I say that be, and I'm like man you know you ain't got to wear all, all five of, of these brands at mm-hmm. one time and still look a hot mess and still just like that's not make you it makes you it amplifies how little style you have even and more individuality yes mm-hmm. okay you know so so my next point, my next question is, can let people know what vintage is and isn't. Because I think to this day, there's still some confusion on what vintage is and what it isn't. So um, for those that don't know, I have a vintage brand called 1984V, which stands for vintage. Um, to me and within my brand, 1984 is an anchor year, and it's 35 years um, and beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm prior. So anything prior to that. Okay. So within my brand, you'll see a lot of influence with the 60s and 70s fashion, a lot of funk, you know, all about the Funkadelic, yes. George Clinton, um, the Parliament, like Lucy Collins. Hence the name of your film, Funk Provocateur. Funk Provocateur, right? Yes. The, there's a phrase I've coined, style, soul, funk. You know, that's what you're seeing in my brand. That is vintage. Mm-hmm. They have, everyone's thrifting today. And yeah. thrifting is basically... Secondhand, you didn't want this anymore. You took it to your local Goodwill, and someone's just rebu- you know, reselling it and yeah. just buying it. Not everything that's at a thrift store is vintage. And yes, there are some things. But when you shop my brand and when you work with me, I'm educating you on vintage. I'm putting the value back into vintage. Um, even like this jacket. I mean, this leather jacket is on the. You could buy this retail right now for thousands of dollars. And so that's great because that's been mass produced, but this is one of a kind, mm-hmm. unique, it's dope, but it's, there's so much quality in it yeah. and it's sustainable. So not only when I put a price tag on things because of my experience in retail in the industry and in the luxury world, I know how to properly price things, not, not take you, not 90% markup an item, yeah. but definitely give it a qualitative price right. and there's meaning and value behind it. Um, but vintage for me, it's, it's about being one of a kind. It's about being unique. It's about expression, okay? Like, I have that prom syndrome where I don't want anyone to wear what I'm wearing, Yeah. right? Yeah. I just don't want to walk into prom and you see a girl with your dress on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's me every Tuesday, Monday, and Thursday. I don't, I just don't, yeah. you know? So I don't get pleasure out of, you know, fast fashions or, and I don't see the point in spending thousands of dollars when, I could wear a whole outfit. My outfit's thirty dollars, and we're slaying. Looks like it's Gucci, you know. Right. Like that's pointless. To yeah. Me. Um, so it's about expression. It's about showing who you are, and there's so much freedom in it. There's so much um, fun and excitement in it. I mean, you see how I take the clothes and really just recreate them, bring them back to life. I love that. So I think vintage is the true essence of vintage is just being unique, mm-hmm. one of a kind, authentic. And thirty. You know? So thirty-five years minimum mm-hmm. on back. 
I mean, and it could be 30, you okay. know, but it needs to be a good 30 plus. The reason 1984, for those that don't know, I'm 35, so that's also my birth year, which was a play on numbers. Um, but it's really that year, so much happened. Thriller, you got Purple Rain, mm-hmm. you got so many things. There's, there was a pulse and an energy in 1984 that I want people to get and understand when they shot my brand. Like, we're not coming with no, no right. half-stepping. Yeah. 1984 was a golden year. So that's the same energy in my brand, but let's focus on the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, the mm-hmm. 40s, and beyond, because that's vintage. So which of those decades is your favorite decade? 70s, hands down. 70s? Hands down. Okay, all right. Which you can see in yeah. a lot of the fashions and what I do, you mm-hmm. know. There's westerns, there's a western appeal to it, but there's a lot of the... Um, like a neo-mod, kind of like the mini dresses and like the boots, the very disco, yeah. very hippie chic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some tailored, you know, aesthetics to it, but it's a mix. And that's where I get creative and get to really show um, my broad eye as a stylist. But we'll talk about that later. I don't like to put myself in boxes. So stylist okay. is, is a word, but I don't think I'm just a stylist. So. <laughs> but a creative consultant. Or image consultant, or I'm just Tierra Chameleon. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm a messenger about, of what style. What about fashion doula? <laughs> I love that Ooh, fashion doula. You birth, you birth people into their best <laughs> fashion selves. Ooh. I like that for you. Never okay. heard that because I remember Tierra. Remember in high school when you <laughs> didn't y'all wear them little Kim outfits to homecoming? <laughs> oh <laughs> my goodness! See, it's good I'm, I'm here because she's I'm always little Kim, Kim hardcore. Little Kim. Or, or, when Diana purple. Ross, yeah. the purple nipple the purple. Oh, okay, with, with, her with the shell, okay, and her yeah. and, her, and, and, and Phoebe my friends, and, Anna, and them, yeah. and they had on. And I remember showing up at homecoming with my, with my uh, not knowing anything about anything because I wear white tees and Reeboks <laughs> and and buns to the back. I'm like, so I'm how, like, how did the Christians feel about that? <laughs> Okay, growing up with my mom, the choir director, by the way. Oh, so, the Lord. very interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It was just a you, you're fearless back then. You don't you don't think you right. just do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just go. Yeah. It was and dope. She, I remember. She knows from 14 to 16. We were a movement and clique. We had grown women threatened by us, and we were 14, 16. I was like, wow. I walked, just in, I walked into that classroom, <laughs> and they were sitting there, standing there, and they're all like five ten, and I'm like, who? What, what? Like, who are y'all? How, how many of y'all was it? It was three. We it were kind of like, at the time, like a Destiny's Child, so yeah. to speak. Okay. It was three of us. And so I'm assuming in Cleveland, there's not a whole lot of Tierra and companies. To around. be honest, to be honest, Cleveland is where all, all of them all are. All of them are. Okay. It's a lot of me's in Cleveland, to okay. be honest. Okay. It, it, Cleveland is honestly quite as kept, one of the best kept secrets in Absolutely. America. Okay. Most, some of the most beautiful people, some of the most beautiful women. Yes. Style is very yes. natural. Mm-hmm. Um, being creative is what we do because you don't have a lot of resources. You just got to use what you got yeah. and yeah. be creative. So every, like our school, when Lana transferred to our school, to Shaker, there's history there. Like mm-hmm. generations of history there. And it's a lot of greatness that comes from it so it, it wasn't get out unfortunately. they don't cleveland, leave cleveland yeah. what, right. what, what, what's 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 one thing about cleveland that y'all what's one thing about cleveland that people don't know that y'all would want people to know all right well i'm gonna say this and why i love this woman to my left today <laughs> um and i never cared even when i met her at 14 she wasn't dressed like me and my friends in these fashionable clothes she was in a white tee jeans Slick back ponytail and Air Force I'll show you a Jordan. picture later. I got a picture. Pe- Cleveland folk are so down to earth and yes. ride or die. Yes. When I when my spirit met her spirit at 14, is we've been locked since then. I didn't care what she was wearing. I didn't care what perfume she had on. I didn't care what dude she was talking to. 
I just loved her. She was real, real recognized real. A lot of people think, oh, because she's pretty, she's in fashion, I want to be her friend. Yeah, but your spirit ain't right, so you Ooh, can't sit with now. me. Come you on can't now. sit with me yeah. in Miss Pew or on that train. Like, Ooh, no, yes, honey. God. Um, and she's been consistently in my life because she's that. And that's what Cleveland people bring you. If you meet someone from Cleveland, I guarantee you we all got the same down-to-earth kind of vibe. Good energy, great conversation, humor. Just, you know, we come from very humble beginnings. So I just think that it's it's just organic. Like, it's not even like a yeah. tribe. It's very natural. That's it. That's it. Um, I think something that people might not know about Cleveland is really just in the same vein as what Tierra said, just because we we show up in places and you can't figure out, you know, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn, I like her. Right. And you don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's like a feeling you get. Yes, but I think people it. wouldn't know. Um, and I, I don't mean this in any way, mm-hmm. what it's about to sound like, but like, the women in Cleveland are really, really pretty. Yeah. And it's not it's not bells okay. and whistles. I'm, shout out to Halle like, Berry. She's yes. from Bedford shout Heights. Out, Dorothy Dandridge. Yeah. Dorothy Dandridge. Okay. Yeah. Where is Kimora? Ruby it's D. A, shout out to Ruby no, D. No, Kimora Lee is from St. Louis. She's not from Cleveland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shout Ruby out to D, Ruby D. Exactly. Like, Cleveland has some very beautiful women. And yes. here's, I'm going to say this, and this might be problematic, but I'm going to say it anyway. Come on. Because Cleveland is a conservative leaning space, mm-hmm. and then a black as a black woman in Cleveland, you grow up in 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 like wrapped up in blackness, mm-hmm. right? It's a very black upbringing, mm-hmm. and so because of some of the traditional norms that you adhere to growing up, Cleveland women tend to be. I'll speak for my generation. Okay. Um, there's a level of femininity, mm-hmm. even that it, even if it's rough. Yeah. Even if it's, I grew up on da- down the way, ten five down past fifty fifth, <laughs> Sinclair, past the gas station, right? Sinoco fifty fifth, right? That <laughs> marathon on fifty fifth. Well, well that, and, and I, 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 so everything you said, just said about the women mm-hmm. and all of that, I agree. From my experience in Cleveland a couple years ago, Geronimo's been to Cleveland. We'll have okay. to talk. About I've, that. I've been to Cleveland, and, right. and, and, and it I've was, never it, been. It was an experience, Let and um, I'm I'm a Get, I'm gonna get to my uh, my cabaret story. Okay. Um, just cabaret, the, that's the so racino. <laughs> I know the drink and drown. I know. I know this story. And, but Ooh, I know this story. But you know, again, y'all being in the Midwest mm-hmm. and that 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 culmination of like north and south. Mm-hmm. You know, so exactly. Like, you know, y'all y'all got that 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 northern. You know, yeah. that'll come out yep. when necessary, yep. but. Y'all, y'all, y'all lead with like the, the southern charm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I could definitely agree. And also, you know how you say, you know, very beautiful women. You know, no bells and whistles. You know, mm-hmm. but still very beautiful, kind people. Mm-hmm. And I remember. So let me just let me get this story because I have to. You have <laughs> to tell on, the story. All right. So boom. So I had Geronimo <laughs> everywhere. So boom. So <laughs> this story is hilarious. So I was in Cleveland. Mind you, I had already been in Ohio like weeks before. She and her fiance EB got there, and I was like, "All right, bet I'm gonna meet up with y'all this weekend." Boom, boom, boom. This is what we gonna do. And so I'm like, "Okay, well, if Lana gonna be there, then I know for a fact that I know for a fact. Um, oh, we got more water coming. Shout out Backpack Mac in the building. Matt's here in the building. What up, bro? I just had to come support. I appreciate that. Co-host number one in the building. Got to get him all liquored up too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's co- it's coming. But it's um, so yeah, so I meet up with them, and I'm told that we are going to a party 
Um, I didn't wasn't told exactly where. I just know. Like, all right, so it's gonna be some 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 Cleveland shit. So I'm down with that. I like being with the people, <laughs> which is very specific. But Cleveland I, but, shit. but okay. I like but I like they know I like being with the people. I ain't, I'm not bougie like that. You know what I mean? So um, first we stop at this bar. I can't remember the name of the bar, but we stop at the bar pregame there, and we sitting there. So me and Lana's fiance. Us being from, from shout out to a DC OG EB does it okay e, EB does it who who okay. is not here she should have been here but I know you know she got a government job. she got the good government <laughs> job, government <laughs> job. <laughs> okay. and that ain't happening we love you but um so we from out here and so everybody in in the in the place is like just staring at us and we look around and we're like why is everybody just staring but they weren't staring at us like they were like about the you know do something to us it was a very just like oh y'all different <laughs> yeah but we were still like why are they staring at us mm-hmm. and so lana had to explain what was going on and i was like okay that's cool but why they gotta keep staring at us <laughs> so we got through that and then we went to jack's racino <laughs> Which is the casino? The casino meets the horse racing inside the building. Oh, that's and, the thing. And so we go upstairs to one of the the, the, the ballrooms for the cabaret okay. situation. And I was like, okay, we going to cabaret. I can do cabaret. I did cabarets growing up here. Whatever, no big deal. We get now this, but this cabaret was different than any Knights uh, 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 Knights of, of Columbus. Uh, 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 what is it? Um, over there on a Brian Manor, Brian Manor, pumping Archie, Easy oh, Rock. Yeah. It's it's different than that. We get off the elevator. The first song I hear is a a uh, 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 Project Pat B side, yes. Gorilla Pimp. Yes, Gorilla Pimp. Because we were raised on that kind of stuff. And I was like, like wait, 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 wait. Not not you know Chicken Head. Not the not the hits. No. Gorilla Pimp B side. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> So we get off, we go in the ballroom and everything. I'm like, okay, we we here. We again, me and EB, we still in culture shock. Like this is different, but okay, we rolling with it. We rolling. Yeah, you had to. Be around, like, <laughs> and then you know we see we see girls coming through in like the rainbow outfits, <laughs> strutting. Like it was yeah. like they was on the runway, like. I am here. And yes. I was like, so I was hyping up like, yeah, I see you. You yeah. better strut. You better walk. <laughs> <laughs> they love that. And then, oh, but God. then I realized how, how Cleveland, how, how Midwest y'all are. So every time they played any New York rap other than Cameron, cause he was getting it in Ohio. <laughs> um, the crowd just stopped moving and went to the ball. Yep. I was like, oh shit. Like the line dance. Come on. Let line dance or some more B- southern rap. some more B-side southern rap that yeah. you had to you only knew if you was really into southern rap mm-hmm. and I was like man this is this this different this is very this different. Is different this is very different but, but did it, you like it it was cool yeah it was cool like I said I like being with the people you know what I mean so it was it was fun I, I'm glad that I got the, the a real Cleveland experience you know that's awesome so with then the you Cleveland get that experience finance. you get that experience as us growing up. You grew up on UGK and mm-hmm. 8-Ball and MJG. Come on now. And, and, and uh, um, uh, uh, do you want to ride yep, in the backseat of my Cali? Hope so, and, but, yeah. but so See, the thing grade. is, but the thing is, like, we were listening to all that out here, but you couldn't hear that in clubs here. Oh, no, that was in clubs on you top weren't of hit, You weren't going to hear that. Yeah. No. You had sixth grade. Yeah. You, you no. weren't play, you weren't playing it in, in maybe, no. Maybe. Maybe. And I say maybe. 
you heard at the Ritz or the Mirage. <laughs> maybe. 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 See, y'all, but see, Go-Go was, was so big for y'all back then. Like, that was, like, the yeah. thing. Yeah. Go-Go was still trumping DC. Shit, we was only going to hear Scarface in the club if Scarface came to perform with a Go-Go band. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But see, <laughs> right. we were raised in such... Raised off that. Our rearing Cleveland culture is so interwoven with yeah. Southern culture yeah. because of so many black people migrating to the Midwest. Exactly. And... It's just like we are Southern at right. the root. So I am happy that at my core, <laughs> I am a Southern girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have the honor of having lived so many places. Tia, you have been so many places. And we're, we've been developed by the world, mm-hmm. but we've been shaped by, our core. by Cleveland. Absolutely. And I am proud of that. 100%. You can't take it away from me. Okay. I'll root for the Browns, the Cavs, the okay. Indians. And I don't even like sports. <laughs> But I root for him because I know Cleveland is an underdog. Mm. It is. It's naturally an underdog. So me and Tierra, we see opportunity different. Yeah. Because I see a way to get ahead. And I'm like, oh, why y'all ain't going for that? Hello? Why you ain't? What you, what you mean? Okay. Because it's like, nah, we used to losing. Right. So I can't <laughs> lose. Good, good gracious. I can't I can lose. only go up from it's here. It's too much. Okay. It's too, and, and I don't, like, it sound bad. You know, like, somebody might hear that and say, oh, you, you shitting on your, you know, and I'm not. No, we but don't it, have the same opportunities. We don't have the same opportunities because the economy there is so bad. Right. Yeah. And, like, it's, it honestly, to, to this day, I don't even know if you can gentrify Cleveland yet. And that's saying something. <laughs> right. You can't, like... Well, they, I, they, I, they, I, have, they have tried in Detroit. So they have tried. They have yeah. tried. And so Detroit, Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh... All relative. All the same city with different problems. Exactly. But it's the same place. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I agree with that. Yeah. And so to, me and Tierra, you know, the part of our friendship, and we just talked about it at the bar, mm-hmm. is like, we are the same. And the, the, the hustle... Mm. But now you, as a woman, when you develop into a woman and you step into your divine feminine mm-hmm. and you understand that frequency, you understand it's not hustle, it's flow. Ooh, and on, you just get into it and where's, you step where, into it. Where's my wallet? And you go through it. <laughs> and, and then none of it's hard. Where's my tambourine? Because there's you nothing, embrace it. There's nothing you can do to me or say to me or put me in that I haven't seen or experienced. Hello. So let me ask you all this. So Jesus. So so long I know you lived in Atlanta, (laughs) Texas. I lived in Atlanta, Austin, Texas. I lived in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I lived in Cleveland. (laughs) Okay, Um, we know that. (laughs) Um, I I lived, I feel like I lived somewhere else. Severn, Maryland. Severn, Maryland, yeah. I I bartended. It's a little different out there. It's a little different. I bartended. Um, My name was Keisha when I was a bartender. Come on. Oh, you was a Keisha? You was a Keisha Keisha doing the clock. Yeah, I was a Keisha on the clock. Okay. And then um, I lived in Tampa Bay, Florida for a little bit when I was seven with my mom. Okay, so you've lived all those places. Tierra, you've lived... I've lived in Chicago, Atlanta, New York, San Francisco. Um, I studied abroad in Milan. I lived in Japan. And yeah, I think that's... So and I know, now D.C. I know, so. I know, you know, Cleveland is your heart. I know that y'all love D.C. Aside from those two places, of the other places that you've lived, mm-hmm. what, where would you say influenced you or impacted you the most in terms of like who you are today, the women that y'all are today, aside from D.C., Cleveland? I'm just the women in my family, which most of them on my dad's side. DC is actually my second home. A lot of people don't know. Okay. Um, my father and all of his family is from here. Okay. He's the second oldest of eleven. Um, I have a lot of beautiful black aunts in DC that are like, <sighs> they're like ten times as tough as my mom, which is this little sweet delicate flower. And my <laughs> DC aunts are like, yo, what's up? 
Yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's my niece. Yeah, that, Slim. That, that, yeah. That's some East Coast yep. shit right and there. And I'm like, that, okay. That's some East Coast right? shit right there. So um, <laughs> it's funny because I was, I always tell people I grew up in a home divided. You know, my parents were cool, never had drama. But um, my mom taught me how to be an independent woman. Mm-hmm. My dad gave me my style, my swag, my cool points. Mm-hmm. But my aunt, his sister, really brought in that. It brought it home for me on how to be yeah. you know how to secure myself how to protect myself and not expect that from a man necessarily um so i, I mean they influenced me now i definitely have the diana rosses the ruby d's the earth the kits i mean come on I, the that's what i do that's like my line but aside from them looking at them in different films and movies and fashion it's the women in my family that inspire me and, okay and that's why all the places i've lived um, DC actually brings it home for me the most because okay. there's so much culture here. Mm. People understand that. People are always like, "It used to be Chocolate City." I'm no, like, it's still "No, chocolate. it's still Chocolate City, guys. Like, it is like you just gotta stir the bottom of the gumbo pot no, and you gotta get it." I up. feel like it went from get... like dark chocolate to milk chocolate, but it's still chocolate. But it's still chocolate. Yeah. It's still chocolate. And still chocolate. See, see, and when you've lived in other places, but when you've lived in other cities, you understand. Like, obviously, New York. There's a lot of people there. Great. Chicago. That's a lot of history there. Great. But DC is some like, about DC. Woo! It remind me of home. Come on, to mm-hmm. me. But it, yeah. but it's like then you got you throw in the Africans and the West Indians, and then it's like all of us here, and we're just like this village of people. Mm-hmm. I get, insp- I'm inspired in my art through my people, okay. and in the cities I've lived in, which I'm grateful for. That was that was lacking for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I came to DC by circumstances and life brought me here, I had a choice, you know, to leave if. I didn't want to stay here, but I'm like, nah, no, I'm this, is, this is where it's at. I can be a big fish in the, what they say, small pond, so to speak, next to New York, mm-hmm. which in my field is where I should be. Um, I can do things here, and I want to because I'm with my people. Like, mm-hmm. This is powerful. And, yes, it's my second home. This is where my dad's from. And though we grew up, in, I grew up in Cleveland, you know, 75% there, spent summers in D.C., Man, as an adult living in D.C., this is powerful. Mm-hmm. There's and lot- there's change that needs to happen right now. And mm-hmm. my story is being a part of the change I want to see. Like, I'm not trying to ride nobody's way. Like, okay. we're not here for that. There's, there's no. a lot of y'all Ohio and Michigan folks in D.C. Here. Oh, we thick. I, I don't, I, yeah, Ohio and Michigan, heavy. If you're not from Cleveland, though, it's really just Ohio. So yeah. I'm going to say Well, I, I got, I got, I, one of my. Cincinnati's cute. One of my, one of my. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus is one high, one of my, one of my close homies is from, is from Columbus. Shout out to Ken Amaya's. Okay. Uh, coolest, coolest, dope. coolest doctor that I, that I know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of Ohio and Michigan folks. I'm like, I don't know what y'all know about DC well, so Cle- much, but D- cool. DC is a I, I, for me. DC feels like home, and it so does. my top choice is like DC is it. But if I had to say what drove me, it was living in Atlanta, and that's because I was at my lowest point, mm-hmm. mm. and at my in my valley, I like to call it. So I think in, at your peaks, you apply the you, you plant the seeds from the flowers you picked in your valley, mm-hmm. and so in my valley in Atlanta, I was homeless for a little bit. Um, I, I had lost my mom. I had lost my everything. And I got an opportunity to see the real from the fake because I feel like I told you this before, but like if for me, Atlanta is like if Instagram had a zip code, mm-hmm. it's like the Sims <laughs> I am done. Instagram edition. <laughs> I have I nothing a, else. I need a moment of silence for that. It really is. And the thing about it is, it's so tricky. You got to be Jeez. careful. You got it's slippery in Atlanta because the cost of living is so low, and, every, and not everybody, but it's some 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 stone cold scammers. Mm. Come and on, so the doctor drives a Maserati, and so do this guy. 
and living you don't home know, with his mama. You don't know why he drive a Maserati or how. Yeah. But you know that they both drive one. So like, if you're in a space where you're wanting to be inspired by something or someone, and you want to be around your, you know the same people mm. you don't know you don't know who lying right and that's that was my experience during that time i don't know how it is now but i i was there from 2012 to 2014 mm. and that gave me an opportunity though because i was at such a low point i was hustling i made seven thousand dollars in atlanta um with my own business i ain't had no business but like <laughs> i was like shit so i'm doing these readings i'm selling these yoni eggs i'm selling this sage i'm like y'all need me to cleanse y'all house like i'm doing all of that yeah. and but heinz i was so in my struggle like when you going through some shit you can't see nothing yeah all you can see is the next day when if you make it yeah and so hindsight i pulled a paypal uh report and it was like seven thousand dollars. I was like, "Where was it? I never saw the money. Like, I never <laughs> saw it." Was, it I mean, it was seven thousand dollars. It's because I was in the red. Yeah, you know. But like, when you get in the black and you start being able to see the money, mm -hmm. then you like, okay, I understand what's happening. But that's why I say Atlanta because Atlanta was where I was broke, busted, and disgusted. And you had to really figure it out. And I had to mm -hmm. really figure it out because I was by myself. Yeah, I didn't have a Tierra there. I didn't have. I had left my ex because, you know, rest in peace. But like. My ex had some problems, you know, and it just was a bad situation. And I had to pick me. Yeah. And I left. And I would have rather been struggling than stressing. <laughs> and so I left. with my. I had a car and a job. And I just left her. Mm -hmm. And so I had to cut my teeth in Atlanta. And so Atlanta, Atlanta, the cost of living was so low that it allowed me not to completely submerge. Mm -hmm. And I could see that I could do it. Okay. And so... Then so you got your hustling chops up. I got my chops up there. That was yes. cool. You was learning. What yeah. And What's so then hearing? I got to. I, then I. But then like no, the shit just hit the fan. I was like, I can't do this anymore. No I call. I have a niece who's thirty, and so I called her at the time and I said, Listen, I can't do this no more. I got to go. <laughs> and so I gave everything I owned away. I broke my lease. I packed all I could fit in my car and I drove from Atlanta at four in the morning to Austin, Texas, and got there in twelve hours. And lived with my niece for six months and I took a sabbatical. That was a sabbatical. I voluntarily repossessed my car. I literally gave everything away. Mm -hmm. And that's when me and EB got back together. We reconnected and life has been bliss for real. Right. I, <laughs> I can't even give you a word mm -hmm. to explain the gratitude. It makes me emotional because gratitude is such a feeling and people abuse the word. But like when yeah. you get into a space of gratitude, <laughs> that shit that shit will just make you look at if you feel a breeze on your cheek, you'll be like, "My God!" Yeah, I and didn't realize I was gonna be in therapy today. <laughs> okay, class is in session. Man, Lana always be dropping good words, man. Hello, she does doesn't. So she I, doesn't realize so when, when I, I, she when I get some money. When I, when I met Lana, <laughs> go see her. When I met Lana, Monday, Wednesday, when Friday. She, when she first moved here, I met Lana. She gonna put me out of her. She met me when I was at a very low point in my life, mm. and. Just through casual conversation, you know, had me taking some introspective looks at myself and just and life around me. You know what I mean? And I was I was yeah, that was that was probably like the lowest that was the lowest point in my life ever in life. And I didn't had some low points, but that that one was the lowest. The absolute lowest. So I thank you even for just pouring into me in the way that you did. I love you, man. You know what I mean? I love you too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I thank you. I And we've only connected via the podcast right. and Instagram. Yeah. And I was just like, I got to find some money because I need for her to just take it all from the top to the bottom. Literally. Just whoosh, 
And, and, it's, and it's genuine. That's yes. what's so powerful. I was like, I, she's this, going to put me out of her studio. This, <laughs> she's this like, is, Michelle, the session is. is over. Get up. <laughs> and, I, and I always shower her with love and words of affirmation. And I want her to know from my mouth to her ears, she's a real walking, living queen. She's regal. Um, she came to an event I did, what, Friday, Saturday? She walks in in five seconds and everyone's like, who's that? Yeah. I'm like, yes, exactly. I was, I was watching on she Instagram. She don't even have to open her <laughs> mouth. She's a force. She's a power. But she's always been this. And I've always loved that about her. So it's all, for me, it's also fulfilling to see you all's response to what I've always known since I was 13, 14 years old. I'm like, yo. And she's never changed. So if she was fake, I would have seen something different. She's been consistently herself. Mm -hmm. She's not trying to get your approval. She just can see something in you you might not be able to see and got a word, yeah. but you're receiving right now mm -hmm. for free. These gems are being These shopped gems for free. These for free. These for free, ladies all and gentlemen. But we podcasts. are taking donations. No, yeah. <laughs> all, all of us are taking donations. The truth of the matter is, and no, if I, I, I'm going to just say this, and I won't hold no, no more time, but like I just want to say this part, and this is something I had to accept, that I'm extremely selfish. And in my selfishness, Jesus. it allows me to be selfless mm. because Ooh. I put so much time and energy into caring about me that I got room for you. Everything I give you is from my saucer. It's not from my cup. My cup is for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I don't ever deplete because I'm always filling myself up because I take the time when I need it. You can't find me. I really, I really hope everybody who's listening is really, really paying attention. Yes. Like it's true. Being said right it's true. Now. However, as I just shared yeah, with we you, just had in that there, conversation. what she's saying is powerful, and I respect you and love you so much for saying that. But people also need to know that they have real people that can pour into Absolutely. them as they pour, as you Absolutely. always pour. Because you can pour into yourself, and that's great. But re reciprocity is real. Absolutely. Yeah. And yes, the only is. way we're going to grow and get to the next is level giving. as these poor little yeah. rich Cleveland girls. Poor rich Cleveland girls. Poor little rich Cleveland girls. Let's put girls. it on the t shirt. Um, Let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> How about um, a Champagne Soul t-shirt? Champagne Soul DC.com. Come on. Come on. It sounds oh, no, like Champagne a Soul com. It sounds like Champagne Soul.co. Dot co. You have to have, guys, it really does take a village. You're not going to get uh, anywhere Lana like, is in the building. by yourself. <laughs> she will right? keep your cup full. <laughs> but people like Lana and everyone in this room that I'm feeling because I feel the energy. We're not for everybody. we definitely not for everybody. No, I'm not for everybody. But you definitely need the right people yes. that can pour into you because as much as she love on herself daily the love i'm gonna give her is just as equally important you feel me and that's what that's what's gonna help get her to the next level and that's why we say spread love you yes. know what i mean yes. Yes. Ale alexia um, i need a time check 10 minutes okay cool 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 Ooh, yeah. right. we gotta stop in 10 minutes Ooh. yeah well no it's we, over we gotta stop recording in 10 minutes Ooh. really we, but, we but done? This, is, this is not stopping okay. well, we can keep on going okay. we, we don't have to get out we ain't got to get out yeah, we do gotta get out. We gotta get out. Okay, okay. Okay. Well, okay it okay, sounds like we're gonna continue this but, song. But, we better but, get a strong ten minutes. Ten, minutes. ten minutes. So uh <laughs> mm, where I want, what I want you you have any any more fashion related questions or comments or concerns? <laughs> this um, went all off the rails. I know I, I <laughs> we were actually, look, we were right, actually yeah. want to talk about I, we were talking about fashion? We were. We oh. were. I do I do I do want to I do have some questions. <laughs> I do wanna talk ask about, you know, everyone's thoughts on fashion of today in its abstraction because I see it fashion as being very abstract because it's pulling from all these prior decades you know whereas every decade before this one it was something new but now the newness is a, 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 romantic, a romanticizing of the old mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's part of the reasons that's one reason why I'm not really into 
sneakers like I used to be. Well, at least not popular sneakers. Like I'm not into Nikes and none of those no more because you know it's all these reissues. And I'm like, man, I used to get hype as a kid off the new, off the what was then new but now reissued. Mm-hmm. So I go to other brands that you know dope ass brands but not well known. You mm-hmm. know, but I find that younger generations in particular um, are really taking it upon themselves to say just pull from everything going all the way back to maybe even as far back as the 50s when you look at um especially if you look at like a denim mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the selvage denim push and all of that and like that really hard heavy denim but um you want to get everybody thoughts on that you know their thoughts about fashion today i am not going first okay i'm going first <laughs> i knew this was gonna happen um Fashion today just organically, um, like with what you're doing um, within myself, within you, Geronimo, um, I feel that those of us that are creative, those of us that um, have had a passion for something, um, be it the arts, be it music, be it whatever, um, take fashion and can create it and elevate it to another level. I feel that most people that have not had art in school, that have not had um, a sense of poorness, a sense of family, Mm. a sense of community, don't understand fashion because they don't know the struggle or they don't know, you know, what it's like to have the money to be able to walk into a Neiman Marcus and buy whatever you, you want to. So the struggle or the, the, the technique? The technique. If one or the mm-hmm. other is yeah. needed to really have a good understanding of, of style and, and, and fashion. Yeah. Okay. Like today, I am wearing my $25 favorite pair of ripped up jeans. I bought these jeans four years ago in Toronto. Clearly, you see that they need to go in the trash. They will not go in the trash. They fit. They, um, I've gained a little bit of weight from four years ago. They still fit. Um, this old rag, you can tell I'm from D.C. because it is, um, as we call him, the Os- uh, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> don't uh, do that. Don't do that. Rag. Yeah, we don't all do- got one of them. <laughs> you know? I got that in black and white. Right. I have every color. And, and no, no disrespect, to, disrespect to my, my, my Islamic listeners. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Muslim absolutely listeners. Not. But, you know, you, you <laughs> knew a, a Muslim <laughs> brother when he walked down the street by, by the scarf that I have mm-hmm. on. And, and the white basic cotton, it, a little snug right now, um, shirt from Eloquy. And just whatever. I completely left all my jewelry at home, but it was something today that still made the outfit work. Mm. And it worked for me. And the horns that were honked and the comments that were made on the three different bus lines that I was on today, not one of them was bad. The red lip that I put on today. So Mm. everything that I've been through is exactly what I'm wearing today. And so I feel like fashion is, we're at a 50-50. We have some that are killing it. We have some that is just like, you know what? You, you just do what you do, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll wake up very soon. That's just how I feel about fashion, where we are today. I feel um, as an artist that plays and dabbles in fashion, um, I'm very underwhelmed, to say the least, yeah. which is why that motivates me to just drive it and bring it home. Mm-hmm. Um, you have your Gucci's, your Louis Vuitton's, your Saint Laurent's. It's like, great, they're doing great. And they're making all this money off of the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you guys didn't know, we're right. the number one consumers. Um, but then it's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I can literally go into a vintage store, 
buy something that's less than $100, and it can look literally equally as good as Saint Laurent that was $5,000. Yeah. So people, fashion for me, I'm underwhelmed because it's so many people just following the Joneses, following, I'm going to say, the Kardashians, <clears throat> whatever that means. Bad bitch culture. <laughs> And what are you That's following? That's a curse word that we don't like to say on the right? show. Right? Well, no Kardashians allowed is what we say. Yes. But um, what are they? I what don't is? Care. What does that mean? <laughs> Everyone's following something, but no one has a voice. No one has a stance. No one has real art or style or expression. So for me, my point, I always want to be a part of the change that I want to see. I'm trying to teach people to just be yourself, mm-hmm. be authentic, yes. express who you are and everything you're wearing. Don't you get rid of those jeans? That's character. Mm-hmm. Wear that scarf a, tied the way it is. I'm going to patch them different. up soon, though. Right, but whatever. <laughs> that's what it means to you. Yeah. And it's not about how much money you spent. Like, I'm not a label whore. I've worked for luxury brands, which thankfully have only taught me how to run my business as a black woman at the highest level. Mm-hmm. That's my only yeah. takeaway. Word. Not to... Mm-hmm teach you how to wear labels i'm not wearing any labels right now i'm wearing have, all vintage i have lvmh <laughs> stock right and i'm proud of that well not knocking that yeah that's that, a whole that, different conversation that, that's what i got from <laughs> work and i was like you know what i can't afford those pieces right now i'll get them eventually because they'll be on the real real or something but, but let me invest in this stock real quick but that's my whole point yeah. why does fashion mean i have to spend x amount of dollars exactly Fashion is not spending money. Fashion is being who you are. Mm-hmm. Like if story. a dude bought me a Louis Vuitton bag today, I literally would be irritated and we probably wouldn't go on a second date. Like that's not, you're not impressing me. I if just want to shout you off for getting a Louis bag on the first date. <laughs> just right. Because that's another conversation. <laughs> that's a whole nother That's a real thing. Oh, you got, you got a Louis bag on the first date? I could. <laughs> oh shit. Maybe. I mean, okay. but, but my point is, right. you like girls are like obsessed with the, yeah. the ideas, the names, the labels, and everyone's chasing that. My challenge to all of you is be who you are. It's not about a label. It's not about a brand. Embrace. Let me book me actually. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll come in your wardrobe and redo your wardrobe. All right, and we'll we'll figure out a way to get you to go. What is it? Hashtag styled by Tierra Chameleon. It is. Okay. In fact. All right. Cool. My photographic <laughs> um, memory's working. <laughs> but just man, seriously, like that that fashion concept and process has to stop. Yeah. We literally gotta do. What's like fashion is re it repeats. So no one's doing anything new. Right. All I do with my brand is it's a playground where I'm taking what's already walked the streets in these generations and these decades and these years and I'm just making it modern. Word. I'm taking everything that's old and making it current with what we see, but I'm not following behind the Gucci aesthetic, the Louis aesthetic. Like I'm not. And neither should you. Be you. You know, I think we need to celebrate in twenty twenty and beyond. Hashtag be you. Whatever that looks like. If you can afford $40 on some jeans, get $40 jeans. Or get $5 jeans at the thrift store and then funk it up. You know what I mean? Like, stop trying to keep up with something that's not even real. Because these designers are pulling from people like everyone in this room. Right. You know, and they're they're making money off of us with their label on it. And until you get that, we're going to keep losing. Lana, I hate to put a time (laughs) on you, but two minutes. What was the question? (laughs) What's fashion today? Your your thoughts on fashion today as Um, as it stands? Two minutes. I am an observer of fashion. I'm very (laughs) new to fashion, and I'm excited about it. I appreciate the unspoken conversation that you can have. And um, we talked about this, but I really really feel like um, it lets you know your people when you get into that unspoken conversation because like I've, I appreciate streetwear culture that's where I'm at and so I love sneakers and like 
the 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 non labels, but it's still some pricey shit you got on. But like only only certain people know that. Mm. It's some so people the, the, the exclusivity. The exclusivity of it is what I appreciate because of the way I value myself though. Like I know that I'm an exclusive human. Mm. And so I can't be in the company of everyone. And that's not shade to the people I can't be in company with. It just means that we're different. Yeah. And I think people need to just be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like people are different. Yeah. I'm not a bad bitch. I appreciate bad bitch culture. I think it's great. <laughs> and I do. I, I take some stuff from it. I got this little Nike snakeskin thing I like a lot. And I bought it. And I think it's cute. I saw a bad bitch with it on. And I was like, oh, I like that. But, <laughs> but um, Is it at the outlet yet? Because I'm um, going to go see. I don't know. I got it out of like DTLR or something. Yeah, I'm going to go see if it's in but my But I size. just, I, you know, I don't think that I'm... Um, I'm surrounded by fashion forward people and people who understand the culture far more than I do. Shout out to Kelly Benet, my little baby sister in Cleveland. She's Damn. doing her thing. She's in school for fashion and she's going to be a force soon, sooner than later. Mm. Uh, but even seeing her at 19 being able to, God, she's just amazing. So for me, fashion it's tragic right now, though, too, because I do think that bad bitch culture has taken over. And I don't think women have, you know, um, a sense of true femininity and what it means for them. But that's my that's my frequency. Right. That's not what it has to be for everybody. But for me, I enjoy being soft and feminine and dainty and still doing that in sneakers and a backwards cap like I have on right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But there's still a red lip and a red nail. And there's still like, see me. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And, but so Feel for me... me feel me right mm -hmm. you know what the red lip is you know what the red nail is you know that somebody in your family some grandmother or auntie told you that's for grown women <laughs> and like in your psyche that's embedded that's dead set in there and i'm grown and when you see me you know i'm grown real grown. you know Spike i'm dressed down right now but grown, you know grown. that if i turned it up <laughs> it's gonna burn you at the ass and so and so I'm sorry on my phone ringing but um that's what I feel about fashion. I'm still an observer. I'm still very new to it and I'm I'm in a I'm engaged to someone who's very man. I'm all right. Shout shout out my good people's EV does it. Yes, EV. Hey, all right. <laughs> Tierra, tell people where they can find you. Um my Instagram handle is my name Tierra Chameleon. Uh, for those that don't know, it's the only way you spell either one of those words. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> Again, and that is her real—that is her real name. No Tierra, gimmick. There's no e's. There's no double r's. It's just Tierra Chameleon. And uh, my brand, 1984V, is 1984V by Tierra Chameleon. And um, hit me up, DM me, shoot me a text. I mean, shoot me a DM, holler at me. You want to book me? We can do. Um, uh, what is it? Um, visual styling, all of that. My website's dropping 2020. I got some big things in store, so follow me. Definitely. Lana, Blessings. real quick, you, where can people find you again? Saul Tere Wax. S as in Sam, A as in Apple, L as in Larry, Tere, T E R R A E W A X. Saul Tere Wax. It's everywhere. I'm Lana Sarita. I don't have a personal page anymore. All right. So thank y'all for spending this last episode with me. Thank you. I know, I know Alexis you, is ready to cut you. me off. <laughs> <laughs> and happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays, Blessings. everybody. Cheers to Geronimo. Thank yes. you. Geronimo knows. Cheers. All right. Cheers, Cheers and it up. Woo. And that's it a wrap. Woohoo. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> City, through the city, it's a little spot. Of